We are go for launch in 10, 9, 8. Main thruster ignition, rocket booster ignition. 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. We have a liftoff. What's up, Cowboys Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Stargaze Cowboys Podcast. Listen, yeah, what's good? That- <laughs> that took like three takes. <laughs> and take four. I can't, I can't even tell you how many times oh it took to get that gosh, one, but that it was, was funny. funny. Yeah. It was funny. Anyway, we can <laughs> laugh and have fun this episode because <laughs> we got a victory up under our belts. Oh wow. You call okay. We'll be hey, I guess we'll, Okay, we'll be happy because it's a victory. Victory. It's better than coming on here losing because of some terrible play calling. Well, yeah, that's true. But uh, I'm, I mean, yeah, you're right. A win is a win. So we'll just look at it like that. Let's go. We're six and four, and I'll stay on that positive tip. There you go. A win is a win is a win, as they say, right? Mm-hmm. It's, um, hard, it's hard to win in the league. It is, man. But it's it's a lot to dive into with this game, though. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as clean as it probably should have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the end of the NFL, like you said. So you can't take anything for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is kind of typical Cowboys, right? It, it, yep. Teams you think you're going to just blow away it ends up being a lot closer than you, than you want. Now, earlier in the year, that wasn't the case. They were blowing out all the all everybody that mm-hmm. they played. Uh, in this game, no Cowboys come away victorious, 35-27. They uh, offended off Jeff Driscoll, who hooked, we'll get into that, yep. who had a pretty solid game against these boys. Uh, but we won this game primarily on the back of the offense, and that's kind of where we want to get into, folks. Mm-hmm. If you look at the stats here, Cowboys put up over 500 yards of offense, 500. Okay, I mean they they haven't done that all year. Um, and it's the first time he did it and they pretty much should if you look at the stats here 509 yards to 312 yards 21 passing first downs Dak those for 444 yards three touchdowns you would think you blow somebody out right not the case <laughs> not the case well I mean it should have been the case if we we're just going on the offensive tip but once again the defense uh, didn't play its greatest game. Uh, gave up some plays that shouldn't have happened against Jeff Driscoll. I don't. He looked like he did the same thing with, against the Bears when he just threw a little alley oop up there and just said, "My go get it," and you're getting touchdowns. So it was just just concerning to let that guy <laughs> actually yeah. move the ball on us in the, the offense. I mean, they had over 100 yards rushing on our defense, 121 yards rushing on our yeah, defense. The former Cowboy Bo Bo no Bo Scarborough who had just come off what the streets street. uh, a uh, week ago before he plays us and then he jumps in there and gets over 55 yards rushing had a big one uh, like 20 yard gain against us um, and was looking effective they shut it down the second half but it was just the point of you shouldn't have let this team stay but we talked about it on the podcast last week that this should be a blowout I said this should be a blowout victory but these are the Cowboys and we know how they do and it showed again once again in a 35-27 victory. The Lions should not have that many points with a Jeff Driscoll behind center. They had six points uh, last week against the Bears. and Exactly. Then, and the Bears, yeah. come on. I mean, their defense is all right. But, I mean, again. We, we understand what they are, though. It's 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 Jeff Driscoll and Bo Scarborough. I mean, right. <laughs> you're not right. supposed to and, let that and out. And the receivers didn't do any kind of damage, which we had talked about 
they had good receivers out there, but um, you don't have a quarterback and can really get the ball. So they really didn't do damage. It was just a lot of us making our mistakes. Ezekiel Elliott has a fumble on his first carry. Yeah, uh, let's he, let's, on, let's let's bring let's it, bring it, it on it. to the offense. We definitely will get into the defense with the second part of this uh, our segment of the show. But yeah. uh, let's kind of dive into the offense because they did have a really good game through the air. And when they gave the ball to T.P. Tony Pollard. I'm sorry. I got to start. T.P., can I get a witness? T.P., are you with me? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Listen, I really would love to start with Dak, but I'm going to save that for you can't handle the truth. Yeah, please, that's, please. That's, that's, please. Yeah, that's big game. James right there. Mm-hmm. But Tony Pollard, man, he finally got involved. Do we not beg for that to happen last week? And We've been begging, us? not just last week. We've been begging for this since the beginning of the year. I mean, right. since the beginning of training camp. Since you got – no, let's go back. I'm going to say – I have, and I know you have too, since he got drafted. Yeah. We've been saying, get this kid involved. He's a different type of player. He's not the, and he's not this. Someone told me on Twitter, he's a gadget player. Man, but no, stop saying he's that. Not watch this man run the ball. He can do the things between the tackles that Ezekiel Elliott can do. I'm not saying he's Zeke. Do not get me wrong. But between the tackles, he can be patient. He can hit the hole and go. He can get the tough yards. The dude can – he's an all-around back, but he's not going to ever get that type of tick because we have, in my opinion, still one of the top backs in the league. But Tony Pollard has six touches for over 50 yards, a touchdown. He made a couple players uh, miss on defense. I mean, he just showed his talent, and I'm really hoping we get to see that moving forward. And it's so funny because you said we're, last week on the episode when I said get Tony Pollard involved, we said, yeah, we're going to get him involved because we're playing the scrub. And, well, look what happened. I, I'm trying to tell you, man, that's why y'all need to be listening to this podcast. That's a, a lot excerpt to listen to Starcade because we don't see Tony Pollard against these good teams. We didn't see Tony Pollard against Philly. We didn't see Tony. What did we see him against Philly? No, not really. not really. We didn't see him against Green Bay. We didn't see him against New Orleans. We didn't see him at the teams that we really needed to see him. The teams where he can really shine and show out. No, we want to go with Ezekiel Elliott. Stop going by that narrative. You drafted this kid in the fourth round for a reason, a specific reason to add a different type of element to your offense, and you don't use them. And once again, we play an uneven team or a team who's not, oh, we should run over this team. Oh, we should do whatever against this team. Oh, we should have five, 600 yards on this team. So, yes, let's be free, and let's go ahead and throw some Tony Pollard in there. Let's get Blake Jarwin involved. Why do we always get these guys involved when we playing these bum teams? No, I need to see these two specific players playing the Patriots, playing the Bills, playing the Eagles, playing the Bears, playing the Rams, and getting the ball. Period. Period. Facts. I mean, listen, there's a stat out there uh, about Tony Pollard. Talk about it. Go ahead and say it because I already know what it is. I was going to pull it up if you didn't. Yeah, I mean, you got to. I know. I know. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Fool me three times, can't get fooled again, as George Bush was saying. Yeah. But Tony Pollard, man, when he plays 13 snaps, just 13. The Cowboys are 6-0. and oh. Undefeated, dog. Undefeated. When he plays less than that, they are 0-4. I know, y'all. I know. That's not the end-all, be-all, because you know what some of them, some of the Cowboy fans are going to say to me? Well, when Xavier Silfilo starts, we're 8-1. So I get it. I get it. But the point is, when he is involved, the offense, in my opinion, is that much better. Um, The running game could be better. It could be better. But I think that has more to do with uh, the offensive line, has more to do with how we run the ball. And that's something that we'll dive into on the next episode tomorrow 
talking about the Patriot game because we're going to need to fix that. But Tony Pollard has shown. I mean, come on, guys. Let's look at the stats. Look at the look at his game. Look at the film. He has shown that he is a difference maker. He brings a different element to the ground game and the passing game that uh, complements Ezekiel Elliott very well. Them two together makes a formidable rushing attack. Ezekiel Elliott by himself is more of a tip. It's more of a, a, a more, we're more so tipping our hand on what we're going to do if we're just going to use Zeke all game. Right. And, you know, here's the thing. As I said before, it's okay. To, we we know you paid Zeke Elliott all that money. You paid him the big money. So he's going to get the ball. We know we get it. We right. understand it. But, like I said, we can't complain because we still have the number one rated offense. That's that's what's so crazy about it. We've had the number one offense, once again, we talked about it last week, continuously for uh, pretty much, I think, all year. since like all year. from Since week one, I think, we've had the number one offense or close to it, been in that top five definitely the whole year, number one, I think, for the last four weeks for sure. Now, when you're looking at that, you're like, well, dang, you, y'all good. But you have to have those added elements. And when you see those, those really dynamic teams, you see them with those – dual backs yeah you see him with those other guys that can bring a, another element to the game and that's what tony pollard does you've seen the screen pass you've seen that shake move what he did uh, uh, and just he walk miss. He, he makes people miss easily and the thing he has that ezekiel elliott does not have no matter what you tell me anymore you can tell me you can be the best professional breakdown artist in football ever i don't care when i see tony pollard get that burst he has more bursts than ezekiel elliott and we've seen when he gets it gets the ball, he hits that hole quicker. The same ball that you give Ezekiel Elliott, he may push you forward because he's a big back. He's big. He's 230 he's pounds, and he's strong. Man. He always is going forward in the ball, so we understand that. But when we see Tony Pollard come straight out that backfield and he gets it, bam, he hits that hole. And then once he hits that hole, boy, if you ain't having a hat on him, he can take to the house. Ezekiel Elliott is not that guy any longer. He will run out of bounds. Have we not seen Ezekiel Elliott run out of bounds a lot this year? Well, well, here's what I think. What I, I understand seen, that, but you get what I'm saying. I think what we've seen Ezekiel Elliott do more is turn it upfield to run into someone as opposed to bouncing it outside. And a lot of people keep telling me, oh, Zeke's never been that guy. I please, guys, go that's back and lie. watch. Two, that's yeah. a lie. That's go a damn lie. 2016, 2016, that's why you loved him. What's one of the reasons why we love Zeke? Because he had that good size. He was like, a, what, six foot 225. But it was that lean 225 when he came in. And you saw that explosiveness. Everybody was excited when we got Ezekiel Elliott because we thought we had a finally had a back that we could who could get it and take it to the house. We understood before him, it was DeMarco Murray who was that main stable back, but DeMarco Murray still was not that guy that could take it to the house. He didn't have that breakaway speed. He was that guy that could just bang you and bang you. He bang you and bang you and bang you. He could get 30 carries in a game and just get stronger and stronger. But he wasn't a guy that as soon as he got through the line that you, he was going to take it to the house. There was plenty of games where DeMarco Murray got run down. You get what I'm saying? Well, you remember what Joseph Randall said. He left a lot of meat on the boat. You feel what I mean? So we we understand that. But we saw an explosive Ezekiel Elliott. We knew that he could get around those edges, and he was gone. We know if he hit through that, that hole, he was gone. We seen that Cincinnati game in 2016, his rookie year. We seen plenty of that, that Detroit Lions game when he played in 2016. He got one to the outside and took it to the house. He is not that guy any longer. And as you said before, when he – there was the times in watching the tape, he had the outside, oh, but he yes, cut he inside. Yeah. 
He had the edges. And there was a couple times where there was a linebacker about to meet where he was at, and he decided to cut in instead of challenging that at, that edge with that linebacker using a stiff arm. I don't know if he doesn't think he can get it now. He, I don't know. know. But my thing is it's there now. It's a reality now. Let's not uh, fool ourselves like it's not there. And then you hear this stat. Uh, I'm going to pull it up uh, where – People always trying to say Ezekiel Elliott is seeing eight, nine-man fronts, and that's the reason why Dak Prescott, we got to throw the ball. That's just simply not true, man. Well, you're right. That's not 100% true. However, what's happening is, and this is so silly about the Cowboys, when we decide to force-feed Zeke, we force-feed him in the most inopportune times. We bring in three tight ends, we pack it in, and now you got 18 people in a box, and you want Zeke to, to pop one. It's it's silly. Spread it out and run the ball, okay? Now, back to what you were saying about Zeke and, and bouncing it. Zeke used to – listen, guys, go watch. 2016, 2017, he used to press the hole and then bounce it outside. That's what made him so um, uh, hard to defend because when you think you got him and he he uses that speed and that burst and he's around the corner and he gets a 20, 30-yard gain, um, he has one 20-yard run this year. One. One. And if you go look at a lot of the other running backs that that are ahead of him, I think he's like eighth in the league in rushing right now. You have them 30-yard runs, 40-yard runs. And they runs. have a they, lot of missed tackles. A lot of missed tackles. And also, when you look at his yards per average, I think it's like at 4.3 or 4.2 right now, his lowest, I believe, in his career. Yeah, and let me – to wrap up with Zeke, because I don't want to fight. We're just – we're pouncing on Zeke here. Um, but the excuse that I hate that people are saying is uh, – is hey he has eight nine men in a box blah 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 or or they're they're keying on Ezekiel Elliott. Can I ask you something? You think they're not keying on Christian McCaffrey? Exactly. You, you think they're not keying on Dalvin Cook? You you, you feel me? You, and you think Nick they're Chubb? not keying on Alvin Kamara? And these guys, Nick Chubb, these guys that Nick are Chubb, killing it, yes. they make people miss. You yeah. know, they, they do things at the second level, at the line of scrimmage that, you know, we want to see more from. It is okay to ask to want more from your $90 million running back. No, that you should important. demand more from your that $90 million running back because he specifically sat out and said, I am one of the best backs in the league. So I deserve to be paid that. So I don't understand why nobody's allowed to say nothing. Like, nobody's being critical. It's like... It's almost it's weird in this way. It's like you're not allowed to say anything about certain players. Like, oh, it's like he's earned the right. I had a guy on one of my pages, uh, Will, say I was talking about Zika. I was talking about I don't care how good of a running back you are. The reason why these guys don't get paid that money, because these guys have been getting hit since high school. I don't know why people don't understand that. These guys have been running back since high school at a very high level. So you're getting hit as all high school, all college. You come in the NFL and you're getting hit too. That's why they trend and decline quicker. That's why they don't like signing running backs when they're getting 26, 27, 28 years old because you're going to get on a decline because you have too many hits on the body. Yeah, he's getting you know a what lot I'm of saying? Yeah, so good. when you see Ezekiel Elliott now and he's 24 years old and this one guy was like, oh, so he hasn't lost a step, huh? So you have a guy who led the league in rushing. That's in the past. Yeah, we're not talking about People that. always want to go what they did before. We're not talking about what he did 2016 Zeke. I'm talking about 2019 Zeke. And he's not that same guy as far as explosiveness. And that's why you brought a Tony Pollard in to help relieve some of that carry and the load and keep him fresh. Well, if you got him in there, that's one of the guys you have to continually use. And if you have to get him sometimes – 
10 to 15 touches, 20 touches in a game, it's okay. Yeah. That, that's what the frustrating part is about it, is that we continue to be stubborn about running Zeke into these walls uh, and, and when he's not producing, instead of bringing in someone that could, you know, maybe pop one or maybe uh, give you a different dynamic and see what happens. But let's wrap up the, the running back because we got to get into a guy who had a phenomenal game uh, at receiver, and that's Michael Gallup. Oh, um, yeah. He stepped dude, up big he, time. He, Michael Gallup, man, I think he is a number one wide receiver in this league. I truly do. Uh, he just happens to be play, playing behind a top three wide receiver this year in um, in uh, Amari Cooper. Um, but Michael Gallup, man, he, he, he's like a baby Dez. Am I wrong for saying that? I mean, kind no, of you're, you're, not, you're, you're not wrong. And I think the reason why you can compare him to a baby Dez, and I mean, I feel the same way. I definitely feel the same way. Um, I actually went before he got drafted by us. Um, I made a video um, with uh, Michael Gallup, uh, you know, a highlight type video. And yeah, I, was I saw saying, that. I saw and that. I said he reminded me of a baby Dez. Doesn't have the all-world speed, but can still get past you. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just so physical in the air. He wants oh, that ball. That pass that he had, you know, we saw it against the Detroit Lions, the way he fought for that and still caught it. And that's not the only one. He fights for that ball. He is like, once that ball is in the air, it's mine. And I see. I think that's why it was so disappointing when Amari Cooper went out in that Jets game that and we really wanted. Yeah, he played yeah. the way he played because that was an opportune time for him to really step up because we needed him in that game. So this was a great bounce back game for him because Amari Cooper only had what I believe two catches for like I think twenty something yards, two or three, three catches. Three catches, but his catches, catches were big. But they were huge catches. But still, still remains. He only had three catches and really right. pretty much was a non-factor in that game. And we needed somebody else to step up in that game the way the defense was playing. And Gallup came to that forefront uh, with a huge game, making big catches. And yes, he reminds me of a baby does just the way he's aggressive in that air and how he goes and gets it. He's a 50-50 guy. And the connection between him and Dak this year from uh, year one to year two has been awesome to watch. Uh, let me read off this this stat provided by our guy, KD Drummond. Shout out to KD Drummond. If, if I'm Skywalker still, he's like Yoda. All right, shout, right, <laughs> shout right, out right. to the OG For sure, right for there. sure. He, he um, brings it. Absolutely. Uh, he says the improvement from Dak to, to Gallup year one is insane. 68 targets through six games in 2018. He has 69 targets through eight games in 2019. His receptions are up from 33 to 42. His yards are up from 507 to 678. His yards per catch are up from 15.4 to 16.1. Per, his yards per target are up to seven from 7.5 9.8. Huge difference. And his, his catch percentage is up from 48.5 to 60.9. Guys, that is a crazy jump. At, in every statistical category. And yeah, you phenomenal. yeah, you can see the improvement in not only Gallup, and obviously we know the improvement in Dak, but the improvement that they have together. The chemistry that they have together is, is not even a question anymore at all. These guys are clicking, click, click, click. And honestly, he could have closer to a seven or closer to 800 yards if, if Dak went to him on some, some passes uh, yesterday or Sunday's game. Well, he decided to take some shots elsewhere, but that's that's Dak. He's you know he's taking more deep shots. He's taking more YOLO shots, as I say, and that's gonna happen. You're gonna miss maybe a guy deep or something like that because you want to go to the opposite side. It is what it is. But uh, Gallup is performing well, and honestly, man, if it wasn't for what the three games he missed, he'd be he'd be on a Pro Bowl trajectory right now. I mean, if you really look at it, I mean, he's uh, started seven games, played eight games, and he's missed a few, right? 
and he still has 42 yeah. catches for 678 yards. He's averaging 16 yards a catch. Three touchdowns. I like to see him having more, but you know, Amari Cooper has really been doing that thing. But I really thought I said he could get ten touchdowns this year just because I th- I thought that connection between him and Dak was like you said was just kind of you saw it in the off you saw it in the off season you saw it in training camp you saw the maturation you saw the growth and everybody's waiting for Dallas to explode this year and I think the only thing that really has hurt him really was that injury if yeah. he didn't have that injury you like you said he could have been on Pro Bowl pace I mean he was. Really, everybody was talking about Michael Gallup. We already had knew about Cooper, but it was Gallup who was the one that was really shining and really showing through. And everybody was like, yeah, now you got this one-two combo. And now, uh, not even a jump off of Gallup, now you there got Randall go. Cobb. That's where we're going. About, <clears throat> we've been talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, um, is this uh, who's winning the battle with the, tra- uh, with the trade-off with Cole Beasley and Randall Cobb? Oh, we Randall talked Cobb, about, man. yeah. But we talked about that a few weeks ago because people were like, "Wham, you know, Randall Cobb has been a little inconsistent. He did have another drop ball in that Detroit game. So he has been inconsistent in that uh, part of it. And people were feeling, I felt like he needed to give more because we were needing more yep, from him. Yeah, asked more from him. And he, has, he must have heard us. He must have been listening to the podcast, or we must have sent smoke signal, signals over to him. Boop, boop, boop. Sent them over to him like Aquaman, maybe. Boop, 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 boop. And said, hey, you need to step up, Randall Cobb. And he has the last two games have been huge for him. Uh, he had a hundred yard game um, against Minnesota and really stepped up, and then comes back against Detroit and has another hundred yard game and looked explosive and looked like the guy that we needed. And also that one catch where Dak hit him and he ran for like forty something yards. That's yeah. not what Cole Beasley's going to offer you. No, no, we've seen Cole get a few catches where he gets some yak, but I mean Randall Cobb's improvement over the last two or three games or two games really. It's been awesome because we needed this. We needed to get him back on tape with good tape so teams have to prepare for him. If you don't prepare for for Cobb, man, he's going to do this. Uh, Back-to-back games with 100 yards and a touchdown and two tough, tough catches. That one he took and when he took the hit, that is why you have this guy here, man. He can show up. In my opinion, he's done it his entire career. He shows up in big moments. I mean, go look back at Aaron Rodgers and the playoffs and things like that. The guy just comes through. And honestly, if, if Dak, or I'm sorry, if Gallup or if Amari Cooper goes down, I feel a lot better about having uh, Cobb than I do about having Cole Beasley. Um, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> there's that's not even a question in my yeah. heart. Is is there uh, if um, um, Amari Cooper goes down or if a Gallup goes down? If we had Cole Beasley, now come on, y'all, y'all, y'all know daggone well. Cole Beasley, yeah, he's getting it off in um, over in Buffalo. He's doing okay. He's doing okay. But if if top receivers go down and the big guys go down, Cole Beasley ain't doing nothing in Buffalo. You gonna shut him down easy? I don't care. He, I don't care. I like Cole, but he, I don't care. Cole wasn't scaring no. anybody. Cole, okay? Cole, Cole was, was effective. He yes. was effective, dog. He's a but very, he was, very, very good one-trick pony. But he ain't scaring nobody. I don't care what anybody says. We are winning in that aspect. I mean, Randall Cobb has 35 catches, so it's not like he's playing terrible. Well, and my, remember, he has like two or three touchdowns called back this year. Right. Long ones. He had, I mean, he had a long one taking back what? 74 was yarder against 74 Miami. 74 yarder. Miami, and that was huge. Yeah, it was huge. I mean, our pass, this is the second game in a row. I, I Look this up. I don't know if anybody is a statistician, but how many times have the Cowboys had two receivers go for over 100 yards in back-to-back games? I, you know, and it was it was two different top-leading receivers. Amari and Cobb did it last game, and this game it was Gallup and Cobb. 
that's you don't see that often in Dallas, especially the last decade, because we've been mostly a running team. Well, half decade, I should say. We've been mostly a running team. So I think that's very impressive, and that speaks volumes to this receiver group and your quarterback. Uh, but before we move on to that quarterback, which we're going to get into. Oh, my God. Um, get into it. I want I want to talk about Blake Jarwin real quick, man. We, we got to see more Blake. I know we talked about it on the last episode. I know I make all these videos about it. It's, at this point, it's kind of a running joke. But I need more than 30% of the snaps, though. He's got six catches for over 20 yards. He he has – I love his hands. When he catches the ball, he keeps up field so fast. And he makes subtle moves to make a defender miss. I don't think these DBs want anything to do with Blake Jarwin when he's getting ahead of steam. I choose him. You know what's so great about that? Like, when we, we needed it, <clears throat> end of the game, we needed to get that first down. You saw that bootleg, and you seen him get to draw him. But you, the thing that impressed me about that play – was not just him the catch was the run after the catch yes did you see how quick he got up on yes. every those those safety the linebackers the corners jason witten was trying to pity patter out of his way because he got on on top of jason witten so quickly jason quit witten was trying to move out of his way yeah that's that's what that's what he adds i mean this dude he's not fast but he's like playing fast you know how they have those guys that they're time fast but sometimes when you watch him on the film, like he don't play to the play to that speed. Well, let me let me tell you, let me. Th- I said this on a video before. Blake Jarwin's not a blazer when it comes to forty time. But the reason why Blake Jarwin is fast on the field is because how many people out there are running a four four? Maybe three, and right. two of them are usually out of the play. So now you got a guy like Blake Jarwin against a linebacker who runs a four seven. So that's it's even. But when you got angles like Blake Jarwin has, or when you have agility uh, like Blake Jarwin has. He looks faster than majority of the people on the field because guess what? On defense, because guess what? He really is. You got four down linemen who ain't running nothing. You right. got a couple linebackers who ain't running uh, fast. And you got safeties who are probably running just as fast as he is. So, you know, his his speed, his playing speed is real. He can get behind linebackers and he's a matchup problem for safeties. And he could have had a bigger day. There was a play that Dak, when, when he went for Tavon Austin, he had Blake Jarvis wide open for another mm-hmm, probably 30, mm-hmm. 40 yard I, I, game. I, 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 wide I, open. I was screaming at the TV, I think. I think I almost <laughs> threw something at the TV. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. But just a play off of that, in that game, Witten had seven targets, five catches, 33 yards. Blake Jarwin, two targets, two catches, 38 yards. Do the math. And as I said before, people are going to jump out here. I know you Witten lovers going to jump on here and going to be telling me. um, But guess what? We caught that big third down. He caught that big third down. You see how valuable he is. And he blocked and did. Okay, I get it. He caught a big first down for five yards. I, you know I, I what? Just, I don't even want. Listen, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just say this one time, okay? Okay. I, walk I don't like when Dak throws over the middle to to win because I always feel like there's gonna be an interception because he's not going anywhere. When he catches that ball over the middle, he gets tackled instantly, and he, he catches it upright, and it's almost like please don't throw. It's almost like please don't throw it over the middle because I just feel like it's an interception waiting to happen because them linebackers are sitting right there yet. Like go ahead and throw it right there. We know where we can go in. Yeah, but he y'all catches. don't know where he's going by now. They they can't stop it. They can't stop that little five six yarder. But that's yeah. all mostly good for it though. It's a five six yarder. I, I just need. My I'm just yard. saying. I, I'm just. I, I, Lord forgive me. I'm I'm I love Blake. I'm just saying. I'm just over the wit thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am. I'm sorry, he, Cowboys fans and media. I'm just over it. You know what? What uh, Jason Witten is. To the, 
right now. He is what we want Dalton Schultz to be. <laughs> yes. A serviceable uh, tight end number two who, who can block okay and make a, uh, those possession-type receptions. That's but what even doing. then, I still think Schultz could still get more off of more than Witten. Uh, well, he probably After could. yards, after catch. We know why Witten is in there. He's the, he's in there because he's Jason Witten. That's 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 just the truth. And I'm not saying he's a bum because he's not. Because he's he's a great tight end as far as what it's he's. It's just done weird. I think he, I think he when you're best friends with the head coach, it, you know. I, I just think. That's I mean, come weird. on, dog. You know, you you know he gets favoritism. I, I'm about to go off left field here a little bit, but Tony Romo, Dak Prescott. When Tony Romo was uh, when Dak Prescott played, he played well while Tony was out. Uh, what did he call it? The football is a meritocracy. Blah, 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 blah. Right? Well, we didn't have a problem sticking with Dak. I'm not saying Blake Jarwin is on Dak level in regards to production, but Blake Jarwin looks better than Jason Witten. Why like, are we afraid to put him in the starting lineup? Right. It's like, it's, uh, it, it was, I felt like I wrote an article about him and I said, it's time to unleash Blake Jarwin. That was the title. I wrote the article before the season started and said, it's time to unleash Blake Jarwin. You saw last year when we didn't have Witten and we went to Blake Jarwin. You saw like the last five, six games. He only had like freaking like seven catches up to like week 10. We finally started giving him the ball. He had over like 30-some catches in the the last part of the season. You saw how much he changed our offense when he got the ball. And everybody was like, yeah, man, now we're looking like something. If you can draft another tight end and now you compare him with Blake Jarwin, weren't we excited? But then it was yeah. like, Jason Witten came with. back. <laughs> well, there went all that excitement. Yeah. Yeah, before we wrap up the offense, give me your thoughts on um, Xavier Sofilo. Because the offensive line in the run game, we know they didn't get much push. We know all that stuff. But passing game, it did well. But I want to know what you thought about uh, Xavier Sofilo. Um, I didn't have a problem with them. I mean, I think over as a whole, I was looking at a stat. I don't have the exact stat, so don't quote me. But they were saying PFF. I don't really go on all that. But I think it was from Tom Downing. I, I'd like to pull it up if I could. I'm for right now. Yeah, let me know what they graded him out as in the run game. I'm yeah, kidding. he. I think he got 45.5 in the run game. Man, that's not good. But his passing pass game was wow. ridiculous. His, he had a great pass blocking game but didn't have a good run blocking game but in my heart remember when we both talked about how he was better in the run game it was the opposite and and not good in the (laughs) pass game and you yourself was like I need to see him better in that pass game especially you know in these upcoming games especially with this game coming up because we're probably going to throw the ball as well because their secondary is not that good so it was great to see him step up in that pass game Mm -hmm. but let's also be honest with ourselves the Detroit Lions don't have a good defensive front so it's not something for us to jump up and do cartwheels over and say, ooh, Suofilo played great that game. Man, he was so dominant in the pass blocking game. They don't have anybody. If you were listening to the commentators in that game, they were stressing the defensive line cannot do anything. That's why they must blitz because they will not get any pressure. Right. And you saw what Tyron Smith did to Trey Flowers. Well, Trey had a hell of a hit on that Zeke fumble, man. One hit, but he was eliminated. Tyron Smith eliminated him. Well, that's what Tyron Smith (laughs) You get what I'm saying? So (laughs) he was the only really threat. So, yes, Suofilo could look good when they didn't have any threats. So I can't really say, oh, Suofilo played a great game. Because to me, the Detroit Lions and that front was not good. The PFF grades, which, again, we don't really – it's not gospel, but it go it matches the eye test. Uh, I sarcastically tweeted out, uh, Xavier Silfilo ain't it. But then I said, to be fair, his passing, his pass blocking was very encouraging. 
and it was. He he held up very well in the pass game. In the run game, he got zero push. And everyone talks about his strength. I still have yet to see the, this this strength in the run game. Uh, that's this is going back to last year. I don't see this push. Everyone is saying that he's so strong. You know, you know what it is. It's just I. Th- I mean, to me, I said it was he just had more size and he was a natural guard <clears throat> than more than. I mean, he definitely so, is a natural <clears throat> guard. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, I think the real reason why Sua Filo gets this pass with the Dallas Cowboys fan fandom is because they look at he was with the Texans. He was a what fourth round draft pick or like a third round draft pick. He was a higher draft pick. Second and round. I think, second round. Second round. That's what it is. He was a second round draft pick from the Texans, and I think that's what Cowboy fans keep looking at. That he came over and he was a. I'm trying to tell you, Skywalker. That's what it is because he hasn't done anything on the tape to really say he's better than Connor Williams. No, but you got a lot of people that listen to the mothership, and including myself, and a lot of people because Nick Eatman's been screaming for him, and and uh, Nate Newton's been screaming for him, and all this stuff, and, and so because they, they, they said and people don't study and watch the tape watch for themselves, the tape. I, they'll it, just. It's almost like you going what to do church. We call it the Bible. It was almost like you going to church and there's a pastor and he's preaching that word, preaching that word. And guess what? You don't never go home and read that word for yourself. You never go home and read that Bible for yourself. So guess what? Anything he starts saying to you, just believe it, right? <laughs> right? You're just going to believe anything he say because you ain't you ain't researching yourself. You ain't saying, oh, he's saying the Lord this, but you ain't going back and checking for yourself. So you just naturally believe it. So then out comes somebody else and says, I don't know about that. Now, uh my pastor, blah, blah. Facts. Why? Because you ain't studying and you just going by what he's saying. Yeah, guys, I, I highly advise you to go look at the tape, man. He's not – if you think he's better, it ain't by much of a he margin. He ain't better honestly. than Connor Williams. Bro. I don't think so either. He's not better than Connor Williams. You know? and, and, and that's not even Connor Williams' natural position. Exactly. And you can kick – Connor Williams is a tackle who got morphed into a guard because the Cowboys said so. That's not his fault. Connor Williams is better than Suofilo, period. Back to window. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, oh, we're going to give y'all that five big game. James, we're going to give y'all that oh, truth. You can't handle the truth when we get back. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, BG, let them know the truth that these guys can't handle right now. I know it's going to be some fire. <clears throat> All right, man. So, you know, my last ex- episode of You Can't Handle the Truth, you know, I basically, and I talked about a little bit earlier on the show, about Jason when You can't handle that. He needs to go. As far as Blake Jarrett need to be the man. But here's my new one on You Can't Handle the Truth. You can't handle the truth that Dak Prescott is a legit MVP candidate. And let me tell you why you can't handle the truth. Because, see, I said this before anybody else was talking about this. I said this weeks ago. As a matter of fact, this was when everybody was talking about Russell Wilson and, and, and Lamar Jackson and, 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 and Deshaun Watson. They were all saying, no, you got to look at these guys because these guys are the ones that are the top players top players at the position and I get it and I understand it because you got to look at their records a lot of people you know Deshaun Watson's record was good at the time and this was in November 5th when I seen this 
you had Deshaun Watson, um, 2,400 yards, 18 touchdowns, five interceptions. Russell Wilson, 2505, 22 touchdowns, one interception. Lamar Jackson, 1,800 yards, 12 touchdowns, five interceptions. But everybody was looking at those rushing yards. He had 636 uh, rushing yards at that time. So everybody's like, these guys are the ones are in the MVP race, MVP race. But at that same time, dog, at that same time, Dak Prescott had 102 rating, 69 completion, and he still had 2,380 yards, 15 touchdowns, eight interceptions. So how was he not in the conversation? So then I'm like, okay, now I'm looking at it, and it's a few weeks later. Dak Prescott, 3,222 yards, leading the whole NFL, leading the whole NFL. Remember, hmm, remember when it was Dink and Dunk Dak and. Dak can't Do throw over 200 yards. And Dak can only throw for two. It's because Ezekiel Elliott and Dak can't throw the ball. Dak can't throw over five yards. If Dak could throw over five yards, we'd be doing this and be doing that. Really? Dak is averaging over eight yards per pass play. Almost nine. Almost ten. Almost, almost nine. Almost ten. 322 yards he's averaging. He's leading the league in that. So we're talking about Lamar Jackson, who is looking nice. We know that. Patrick Mahomes. He has 2,800 yards. Dak has 3,200. Patrick Mahomes, I know he missed. Deshaun Watson, oh, yeah, he fell off last week. 26-0-1. Hmm. Uh, Tom Brady, who well, Dak is yeah. going against? 2,700? Wait a minute. Aaron Rodgers, everybody loves Aaron Rodgers. 2,700? Dang, Dak is beating all these dudes. And... 104 rating, and that 100 yard 100 rating has been consistent all season long. And then I hear, oh, well, he can't do it against competition. Didn't he have some of his best games against the Minnesota Vikings? Yeah. And, and the Eagles. And the and the Eagles, and even against the Packers. The Green Bay Packers. Yes, we understand he had the three interceptions, but it was only one bad interception that he had. Man. Two of them came off players' hands, and he still threw over 300 yards in that game. And he was the one that brought us back. Yeah, that, it wasn't Ezekiel Elliott that game. It was Dak Prescott that brought it back on his arm. Okay? Throwing so the touchdowns. Didn't Amari Cooper have a career game of two over 200 yards that game to bring us back? Well, who was throwing the ball to him? That's Appar- what I need to know. Apparently nobody. You know what I'm saying? So I don't credit Dak. I don't want to hear this noise of that Dak Prescott can't do this against legit competition. He's done it every game. And then you got two of his interceptions that were on Hail Mary's three of them that came off players' hands. So you got five of his nine interceptions that weren't really his fault. So if you take those off, he's got nine interceptions a year. You really got four interceptions with 21 touchdowns? Dog. Yeah. 20, and the only 24 re- total. You get what I'm saying? Because he has three, three rushing. Now, like I said before, the only reason why they kept him out of that conversation is because of the record. All right? Well, Hey, the defense got to step up and help your quarterback because right now, as I said before, there's a changing of the guard. And whether you believe it or not, and this is another truth that you can't handle, that I told a lot of people this, and I got a guy in specific, I won't say your name, but you can't handle the truth. This team has switched from Ezekiel Elliott to Dak Prescott. And I'm not trying to pit both of these guys together, but this is Dak Prescott's team. And as I said before, at the beginning of training camp, this team goes as Dak goes, and it's going to go how far his arm takes us. And if Dak isn't doing it with his arm, we aren't going to the playoffs. And that is your truth. Woo! Facts. I heard a lot of facts in there. 
fact after fact after fact. Listen, y'all, hey, Dak Prescott's an MVP conversation. He, 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 what are you watching if you think he's not? Without here, Here's the thing. Most valuable player. If you remove Dak Prescott from this team right now, at six we, and four. Y'all, how many games we winning? Very likely we're like two and eight. <laughs> yes. and Very likely. And if we're talking about this offensive line being uneven or the run schemes or Ezekiel Elliott doesn't have the explosiveness and we had Cooper Rush back there, what? You saying we won two games? Maybe. You said we won two games. I don't even think we won any. And Ezekiel Elliott wouldn't have did what? Remember when I think me and you talked about it at the beginning of the year. Which would you rather have? Ezekiel Elliott, Cooper Rush? Or Dak Prescott, Prescott, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. <laughs> Ask yourself that. Yeah. Ask yourself that. And I'm not advocating or hating on Zeke. You you people who try to misconstrue my words right now, I just keep it real. Cooper Rush, Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott, Tony Pollard. That's who do you think is going to get more wins? That's easy. That's easy. That's easily Dak and, and TP. Easy Dak. And if you like numbers – he has the volume stats for MVP. If you like advanced analytics, go look at the DVOA. Go look at the DYAR. Go look at the advanced stats, the, the bad throw percentage. I mean, Dak is top five, top three, number one in so many statistical categories, y'all. If you can't handle that truth, then you probably should turn us off because we always going to give you the truth. Am I right? Amen. Amen. Say it from high above. And the Lord so. said, Amen. Now, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about – we've been holding off, but let's talk about this defense. It is it's it is the Achilles heel right now. It's weird. I, that's, the, that's the term I have to give it. It's really weird. It's top mm-hmm. 10 in yardage. It's top 10 right. in points. Right. You know, eight of the 10 games. They, they Stats are misleading, though. 250 this, yards. It is a strange defense. It's very strange because they're very good up front, but they still get – gashed by Bo Scarborough. They're very good in the back end, but they still give up a 39-yarder and two touchdowns to Jeff Driscoll, who, by the way, had three touchdowns. Are we very good in the back end? I don't know about that. I think we're good. We ain't very good. Yeah, maybe I maybe I used my words too strongly. Yeah, yeah, I think we're good Heath. enough in we the back end. We got Jeff Heath and Darian Thompson back there. Come on, man. DT, dog. Darian Thompson, I thought... I, I'm just saying, I ain't hating on him, but I'm just saying, every time no, I no, no, want right to pump call up, him out. Every time I want to pump up a player, I go on. Man, it's like Darren Thompson, was you listening to me, dog? I go out there and say, yeah, keep Darren Thompson back there because he's balling. And then you go out there and then you do this. I didn't say you played a terrible game, but come on, dog. There was no way in hell that those plays should have got off the way they did on that back end in that game, period. The initial watch was bad for DT. I thought he had a very, 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 very bad game. My second watch uh, on the the – all 22 it wasn't as bad but it wasn't a good game yeah he was second actually on the team in tackles but, but he has a few yeah he missed a few and his assignments in zone were sketchy which was a shocker and that, and that that's deep, a shocker because he's usually on point and the deep ball to kenny galladay that threw me off knocked the ball down right what are you doing you're not out jumping the six four kenny galladay he's already <laughs> a, a higher than you when they jump at the tip of the ball so he you just should knocks the ball win. down yeah. we're not even talking about that play um but the defense is just a, a very odd defense they go through these stretches where they look decent and they go through these stretches where it's like jeff driscoll bing 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 touchdown you can't do that in this next one i tell you that much oh, we'll, we'll talk about bad. on tomorrow's show but uh so I kind of went all around on the D, but 
give me your thoughts on what, what we saw from this defense and did we learn something from this defense you know i don't really know what to say about this defense i'm so confused right? like, it's this it's just confusing i'm confused about this defense um because as you said statistically we're top 10 and been that all year but we've also played not the greatest teams not the greatest quarterbacks and so stats can pad in and and get padded up just as i said before when we had the number one rushing defense in 2016 i think it was more because our offense kept the defense off the field and we were oh, scoring and putting facts. teams in positions where they couldn't run the ball and they had to throw it so it morphed and made it look like dang dallas has an all-world <clears throat> rush defense they're only allowing less than 90 yards a game no it's just because of the way our offense is doing things so I think the same thing is happening this year with the stats being misled because of the teams that we have played haven't been the greatest competition. Well, okay? can you say that about the offense, though? You can say the same thing. But we understand that we've seen the offense play against good defense and still be able to produce points, still be able to produce a lot of yardage. We've seen that in Minnesota. We've seen it in Green Bay. We've seen us play good teams where we can still put up yardage. But we also seen we play good teams what our defense does, okay? We played the game Green Bay Packers. We have a dude named Aaron Jones. He's a good back, but not, so what, not, not, not for what he did against us. He did something that no running back has ever done in the history <laughs> against the Cowboys. Well, that's, that's the norm for the Dallas defense. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? And then we go into the game understanding that we know Dalvin Cook. Um, he is your main threat. He is the guy that you need to shut down and stop. And what does he do? He goes off. He runs and receives that game. So it's it, I don't know. It's the scheme to me. And one thing I was uh, reading, you know, Brian brought a salute to you, big dog. Uh, yeah, sorry. real quick, real quick. Yeah. Shout out, uh, shout to out, Brian Broaddus. Uh, if you're if you're listening to this podcast, that means you're a junkie like we are, and that means you listen or you've read Brian Broaddus stuff. He's no longer with the Cowboys uh, organization as a writer. Um, uh, he's amazing, amazing guy for the Cowboys. If you if you listen to his stuff, you learned a lot. So shout out to him and hope he does some great things moving forward. Yeah, definitely. And I, <clears throat> he was saying that the biggest thing that the Cowboys are going to need to adjust to, not to talk about the game, but just the thing that I think the Cowboys should do is that the, the New England Patriots, the reason why they are hard to defend is because they do their kind of play calling by series, series, series. Like So, like, if you killed them on one series, they're switching that up. Yeah, you're not. They're gonna adjust immediately. They're not gonna just continually to let you do that until third or fourth quarter, and then say, "Let's switch this up." And I think that's our problem with our defense. We get so scheme oriented that when they stay there, stay there, and stay there, and then finally, when okay, we need to change this up, then it's almost like it's too late. It's third, fourth quarter now. It's too late now. Uh-huh. Now we have to press and play this different kind of way because you didn't adjust right then on the fly. And I think that's the problem. You saw what we were understanding. Jeff Driscoll was not killing us throwing the ball. Go after him. But we don't blitz. Okay? We no. we don't really blitz. We use that front four. In the front four, we got three sacks. Michael Bennett had two. Um, Robert Quinn had one. But it just seems like we don't adjust quick enough in my heart. And teams know that. And they say, you know what? They're not changing this. So we're going to continue to do this yeah, until I- they do it. I was going to say, when you said <laughs> adjusting or, or – was too late. I don't think we ever adjust defensively. It's that's pretty much our team. It's more so we're going to do what we do, no matter who we play, no matter where we play, be it the moon or the parking lot. You know, we're going to come out there and just do what we do, and we gotta beat our man. Which, for the most part, that's the game. 
but you also have to be able to schematically beat people. And we see that with the great coaches. Um, is it fair to give criticism to um, or, or Chris Richard? Probably. It probably is. But at the end of the day, again, it's not like this defense is getting abused. It just has, has these stretches where you're scratching your head. You're like, what is happening here? The first two possessions, the Lions are just boom, 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 boom. Bo Scarborough looks like a goddamn pro bowl. You know, now Man. a lot of that is on the players as well. I'm going to hold the players accountable here uh, the last couple games because maybe this might be the worst stretch I've seen in a while in regards to tackling. I mean, what is happening? Why can't anyone tackle somebody? <laughs> I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't I don't understand it. And and my, my like I said, my problem is it's it's the same. It's not the same thing. It's just oh I I'm trying to figure it out. A Scarborough comes off the street, they don't have any kind of running game to speak of. Yet they get over 100 yards rushing on us. I mean, and for real, for real. 51 of it was from Driscoll. What I was going to say to add to that, Driscoll could have almost had 100 yards rushing against us. He left some plays on on the field yeah, where he threw the ball. Where he threw the ball and he should have just ran. And he was going to get not just five yards. He was going to get significant yardage. So he could have had more yards out the backfield. And we talked about it, Will. How do we know about this and – I'm not saying the Cowboys don't, but how do you not know that he's going to run that ball? And he's a big kid. He's like 6'4", 230-something pounds. He's not a guy that's he little. Can he can move. And once he got out of that pocket, dog, he was a threat running that ball. And I don't know, man. It's just It just seems like we you, you should weird. know better things. You should know these things. And if you know these things, those things should be shut down. There's no way in hell that Jeff Driscoll should be drawn. Like I said, there's no way in hell. Without Matthew Stafford, the Detroit Lions should have put 27 points on the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Jesse Holly who said earlier in the year that this team is going to have to score 30 points to win. I think they have 30 points in every win. <laughs> That's crazy when you think about it. Um, it, it. And it's looking like that. And the defense has struggled in each – at some point in those games, the defense struggled. Go look at the scores. I mean, look at every – I mean, even the Giants game. Our defense struggled. Yeah. Until I mean, the until the fourth quarter, but until the fourth quarter, but that was at the very. I mean, it was like mid to starting of the fourth quarter, like eleven minutes in the game, till we finally pulled away. And let's think about it: they had a rookie quarterback behind center. They penetrated what the twenty yard line four times. They were inside our twenty yeah, four times. Punch it in. They couldn't punch it in. But if they could have punched it in, it could have been all bad for the Dallas Cowboys. You get what I'm saying? So it wasn't like we just blew them out and our offense had to save us again. The defense had opportunity plays, but offense had to make some plays. If we didn't, we were going to be in trouble that game. Well, they are going to have their biggest test of the year. Man. Going up to Foxborough against uh, the Tom Brady, the GOATs, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels. But he's, but he's crying. But you know what? Tom Brady's been over there frustrated with this offense. He just came out in the news and said he's frustrated with the he offense. And, and it's and, not like – and here's the thing. I'm not scared of the Patriots offense. It's just Tom Brady. He has that aura. It's Tom Brady. You know it and I know it. It's Bill it's Belichick. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. But let's keep it real. If you have another quarterback behind center with that offense and those players that they have with the receiving core and running back, they're not scary. No, but but again. No, no, it's not but we, again. Yes, I mean, it is because where we scared of Jeff, Jeff Driscoll 
just had three know, touchdowns well, on know, the Cowboys. But, but what I'm saying is, if they don't have a Tom Brady and you look at the New, New England Patriots offense, is that a scary offense? They're not scary with Tom Brady. Right. So that's what I mean. It's not an offense that you should be fearful of. So that's why the Cowboys should Tom really get Br- after it's, them. It's, here's the thing. It's not the individual players that that you you fear. It is the it's the scheme. scheme. It's Josh Daniels. It's Bill Belichick. These guys know how to take advantage of what you're weak at. And what are the Cowboys weak at? Defending the screen. Defending the middle of the field. Oh, they're gonna scream um, the hell out of that's us. That's what I'm saying. And listen, we'll get into this tomorrow. Yeah, let's start. Let's <laughs> shut up. Let's shut up. See, we was almost we, there. We almost we almost almost did it. We almost did it. We almost jumped in that water. Somebody we, almost tried to push us, but we elbowed him. And we said, I don't want to get saving each other. I don't want to get in the deep end yet. Oh, we go. We gonna getting... go in the deep end on this game um, for for tomorrow. Yeah, now, for with sure. that said, let's wrap up the show uh-huh. uh, for this episode uh-huh. of the Stargaze Cowboys podcast. I got it right that time. <laughs> the Star, uh, like I said, we did fifty-two cuts. It was an action. <laughs> Woke up, Cowboys Nation, and <laughs> and action. What's up, Cowboys Nation? Cut. So, oh, yeah, man. It happens over here too. I love that these things are recorded. If y'all could, <laughs> if y'all could just listen to what man. we talk about before we go on there. No, you don't want to listen to that. <laughs> you, if, 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 we should have a, a sideshow, and you would love to hear it. How we uncut it after uncut dark. How how we really talk, kind of like the Bob Mercenary, whatever dude. Oh, that, uh, that guy. With that's what you would be hearing real life about what really goes of, on. A whole lot of bleeps. A whole, a whole lot, of, lot. A whole, man, that whole sentence is a bleep. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> make sure y'all check out this episode and other episodes and future episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. You can support us on Anchor. And, and make sure you let them know that, Will, because I have people hit me up. Some people don't know about podcasts. They automatically think, are you going live on YouTube? Are you going live on Facebook? Explain to them, Will, because you that smart guy. I'm not saying I'm dumb. You smart, brother. I know I am, but you got that young mind. I, I got that old brain. I'm Obi one Old Kenobi, school, dog. new school. I told you I'm Obi Wan Kenobi, and you're a Skywalker. So Touché. let these people know how they can really use mission it, but you know, kind of break it down how they can really get there. Man, the podcasting is awesome. That's why we decided to do this because we know everyone can't get on YouTube when we do live or you can't get on Facebook when we go live. But with podcasts, you can take us anywhere, man. If you're cleaning up the house, you're cooking dinner, you're at the gym, you're on a run, you're in your car, you can plug us in on Spotify, which is a a podcasting music app. Apple Podcasts, we're on Breaker anchor.fm these are all type of uh third party uh, streaming services not streaming services but podcast services that you can listen to us with all you gotta do press play and you can do whatever you want to do on your phone or, or your laptop or your computer or your tablet whatever you got it's it's a great way to listen to our content and you know we're gonna give you all the heat give i say it heat. every week and, and let me tell you the heat that we give, okay? Because, you know, I got a guy who, who I've been following for a very long time. I ain't gonna lie. I do respect him. I respect him. Um, it's Jean-Jacques Taylor. And, JJT. Uh, and you know, I, 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 one of the reasons why I really liked him because when I was younger, he just didn't care. He just really <laughs> said what he felt. And I'd be like, dang, he harsh. How did he, does he get that off? But I respected him because he would just tell those truths. And I really loved how he just brought it. You know, so I would just happen to be looking at, you know, his 10 truths in, in the win. And, and when I look at these 10 truths, 
It's the stuff we're saying, and I'm not hating on anybody, but that's why you need to subscribe to us. That's why you need to subscribe to the Thargaze podcast. But he's been talking about how it's Dak's team. We've been talking about that. We've been talking about the run game is broken right now. We've been talking about that as well. Um, we also been talking about Michael Gallup. We talked about him again, and we've been screaming about Michael Gallup since training camp, how he's stepping up. We talked about Darren Thompson, Jeff Heath. You feel what I'm saying? It's yeah. it's a theme. We're letting you uh, look. Uh, one of his number, another number seven is talking about Cobb and Cole Beasley comparison. You feel me? These are things that we have been talking about for a very long time. So, number one, subscribe to the Stargaze podcast. Donate. You can still donate and support. You can yep. help build and make this grow. This isn't, we, we can only take this as far as everybody allows this to go. So we need your support. We Hey, donations, subscriptions, we need all that because we want to take this to another level. We can't do it without you guys. So please get out there and support this. Man. Absolutely. I couldn't have said any better. And that's going to be our time for this episode. Make sure you check us out tomorrow. Oh, we'll let me get one last thing in before I get off of here. Yeah, go I'm going to say, I'm going to give myself a pat on the back because, man, I called a lot of stuff this season and, and, and before. So I hate to just brag about it, but that going to brag on. I'm going to get my brag on. I'm the one that was talking about Robert the Mighty Quinn for anybody else. You might have jumped in there a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I jumped but in that thing. You you jumped in that thing. But I'm telling you, I was watching Robert Quinn before they was even sniffing, talking about releasing. They mentioned it one time toward the end of the season that they might not do this contract, and he was on that one-year deal. Well, they better I bring him back. I instantly jumped on my page and said, that's who we need to get. We need to get Robert Quinn because I liked him since North Carolina. I loved him when he was at the Rams, and I kept telling myself that we just got Robert Quinn. And I prayed to the football guys that we got him, and you see why I prayed to the football guys, and they answered my cry, and you see what he's doing. He's got, what, eight and a half sacks now? He leads the team, seventh in the league, and he's top two, and he ain't number two in pass rush win rate. Robert Quinn is balling. You better sign him. He's still a young player. He's not an old guy. You better resign him. Who cares about the damn picks? Okay? You better resign him. He's going to play a major factor in that Patriot game uh, coming up. He's going to be huge in that game. Mm -hmm. And And so is Bennett. And we forget Bennett used to play with them. Oh, no. We forget. You feel me? I'm just sorry. Tomorrow. 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 We're going to lock it up. Make sure y'all tune in. As you can tell, we got a whole. We ready. You see we ready to talk about it. So you better get on there tomorrow. Got a whole lot to get into for tomorrow. It's going to be a fun show. With that said, on behalf of Big Gang James and Skywalker Steel, we out. Peace. Peace.